This is Well Basically with your hosts, Mike DeSilva, Leila Gulassi, and Sam Weeks. Well, basically. On today's show, we had a lovely guest, didn't we, Mike? We did. Susan Trainer, former program director of Body Vibe and CX Works. Former program director of CX Works and Body Vibe for Les Mills. Which is a big gym where me and Mikey spent a lot of time. We actually first met there, didn't we, Mikey? We did. And she's a very interesting character, very smart and has a few insights for instructors and, and fitness in general. It was a great, great conversation. So we hope you enjoy today's show. This is Well Basically. How'd you get to finish at five o'clock? That's rare. I just walked out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you have to do that. So it'd be like that sometimes. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be better at that this year. Everyone should be better at doing that and just saying no to stuff that... Yeah, I'm working on that. I'm trying. I, I'm not really saying no to anything at the moment, so I'm a yes man. You're a yes man. Yeah. I probably should be more of that. Wh- but. Which has its pros and cons. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to hear one of each, please. Uh, pro, you're often getting... Lots of work because you're not saying no to anybody. You get, end up getting quite tired. I mean, I also can't say no to work because it's my job and I'm contractually obliged. So I'm not contractually <laughs> obliged, but, you know, working for yourself, it's a bit different. And then should we stay out longer? Yes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even need should my I arms. Should I have some more? <laughs> should I have some more? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> also, good weekend then? Uh, oh, it was camping. It was wholesome. It was nice. Wholesome camping? Yeah, caught a shark. Caught can't catch sharks. Are you allowed to catch sharks? We are, we're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Let's kick this shit off. Yeah, let's. <laughs> God, this is taking me right back to an after ball. <laughs> 2000. Someone got stabbed at it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Way to tear it down the intro with a <laughs> casual stabbing. <laughs> Well, it is Nelly, and I am from Red Roof, so <laughs> it's a shoe fit. <laughs> Welcome to First Time Listeners. I wasn't doing the stabbing. Uh, second Time Listeners. Last Time Listeners. And you, you, and you guys, you guys who listen every week. We love you the most. Woo. We're letting Nelly set the vibes, <laughs> along with a story about stabbing. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's let it ring. I would definitely say yes to going <laughs> for a ride with Nelly. Still? Yeah. It'd be a, it'd be a vibe. Smoking an L in the back of the Benzie? I want that. I'd probably get quite paranoid, actually. <laughs> I don't know how that date would end up. Ask Kelly Rowland. Oh. Okay, okay. What a way to start a show. I always rack my brain about um, what, song, what, what, what song I'm going to play, but... It's a good thing that there are heaps of songs in the world and we're never going to run out. There's quite a few. Something I've been meaning to bring up, very serious. Have you been on a fucking date yet? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a negative. No? Have you... I got got worried there for a minute. What about apps? 
No, I have no abs. I've got to go straight Should after Should we get this. some glamour shots of me? Fuck yeah, let's do a photo shoot. <laughs> That's such a good idea. <laughs> Actually, we're going to need to do one soon anyway. So why yeah, don't we yeah. just double that up? You can bring up, bring your... Um, and like the vibe of Def Leppard. Okay, yeah? Yeah, I reckon I'll get some hits. Are you going to sit behind the drum kit and hide one of your arms? Yeah, arse? 100%. <laughs> I feel like I know those drum solos. I don't, but I'll try. I mean, they're definitely going to be easier <laughs> for you. <laughs> the two feet. <laughs> he was a good drummer. Yeah, amazing. No, no, no dates. No. Uh, oh, any chance encounters either. when you're like, oh, I would like to see you again? Uh, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that's going fucking nowhere. It's sunk like a lead balloon. It's going nowhere fast. Okay, so I just need to be more proactive about you being proactive. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're still at the same point we were prior to Christmas, and we can't even go out. I want to go with you. We should. I would love to go to Ark with you. <laughs> we get an absolute rage. <laughs> Is that a good way to meet people? I mean, unsavory people, sure. Well, there might be some savory people. There's probably some sweet people there too. I'll hedge my bets. There aren't, but we can try. Yeah, I mean, we could do that. We could do an epic Ark. Yeah, the Ark. Oh my god. <laughs> There's no way that would work. No. Oh, shit. Just in the alleyway, interviewing random people yeah. in the back. For those who don't know or live in Sydney, Ark is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful place. Got your bath low. <laughs> I've had one really good night there. I'm like, yeah, it's the best place ever. It's a big, it's a big gay club in uh, Darlinghurst, and it's got this alleyway out the back where you can just... Uh, How do you know about the alleyway? Because I haven't even been in the alleyway. Oh, out the back. You, get, you can just talk to like really interesting people and often quite wasted people. But um, I only went on Mardi Gras. I went on the night to go. So maybe that's why my experience was... Is it maybe probably slightly skewed as opposed for like a casual Friday. I can't casual. imagine a Friday being that casual there, actually. <laughs> Me rocking into Ark with a list of queries. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have some questions. <laughs> I have some questions for you. We have a very special guest today. We do. Why don't we give her a call? Let's give her a call. Do we um, sound okay to you, Sis? Yes, you sound marvellous. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Probably haven't included I'm everything. I'm really but... just loving whatever that is on the uh, microphone oh, here. It's a, it's a Sam sock <laughs> and it makes socks. it look like a cock. Because <laughs> Mikey <laughs> breathes a bit heavy sometimes. So and our pot, the pot filter is not quite good enough. So um, I, got the, I got the cock sock. <laughs> I got stuck with that dubious honour. Bloody hell. Now, this isn't going out to people right at this moment, is it? No, no, no. no. You're no, fine. No. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we would definitely give you a heads up if we are going to do that to you. Yeah, this is live on yeah. Instagram. No. <laughs> oh, no. Don't worry. Okay, lovely. Good, good, good. I'll just have another drink. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I should have done that. Bloody hell. So joining us today, we have Susan, the Susan Trinot. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Susan is a former dancer and was the driving force and innovator, hey, you like that, behind CX Works and Body Vibe as program director. She has presented all over the world and inspired thousands to move better and make fitness more accessible. She was a beacon of intelligence in an otherwise fucked up fitness world and an all-round good bitch. We'll explain what that is later. Welcome, Susan, to the show. Oh, kira, kira. So, my dear, let's crack off with how long has it been that you've been out of the industry? How have you been? What have you been doing? 
What are the exciting uh, so things? Up I was to? working that out myself, and it's four years pretty much now. Wow! Because I left after the filming. Yeah, the 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 filming that I did in the end of January mm-hmm. uh, in two thousand and seventeen. 2017. So it's been four years. I I haven't set foot inside a gymnasium for um I'm gonna say ooh, a year and a half. I was I was still going to the gym and I was doing a bit of teaching, and then I just decided not to do any of that anymore either. And do you do you miss it? Do you miss teaching? I miss teaching very much. That's probably the thing I miss the most. Yeah. And the people. Yeah, it was always awesome. So you haven't been in the gym for a bit. What do you do? What I've been do you... here and a half more than a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit longer. Um, quite a long time, caller. So <laughs> quite a long time. Um, so how do you move these days? What brings you joy with exercise and in life? Well, you know, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I thought when I was actually, when I was, teaching i was always blown away by the fact that people turned up <laughs> so was I to be and, it was, and it was because i thought well i'm here because i'm being paid you know i have to be here but you people get up at whatever time and turn up at a 10 past 7 class in the morning and it always just i mean it never ceased to amaze me i was in that business for 10 years and i was always still amazed by it i guess you know since i've not been around it I'm I'm back at that place because I'm not getting paid for it. I don't do it, and <laughs> I kind of oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't like it. <laughs> what about exercise in general? I love that honesty. Yeah, oh, exercise in general. Uh, I walk my dog pretty much. That's what I do now. Uh, so, how did you get through those ten years? Of, what was it about it that made you stay? I think it was more to do with the fact that when I started, I thought it was one thing, and when I finished, I realised it was something else. It was something completely that, fucking different. Uh, <laughs> different. Yeah, and so, and I mean, I understand that people have, you know, businesses have to make money. That's a thing. I mean, otherwise, I wouldn't have been paid, would I? So, uh, I get that, but I realised that what I thought was the the kind of driving force and was for me was was about making people move better and getting an understanding of their body and knowing that their body can do a lot of things that they never thought it could Mm. i realized that that really wasn't the driving force for the business that i was in they just didn't really care about stuff like that it was uh... they paid a lot of that service to it. I you know, I just realized that it's it's a business and I don't just mean the company that I used to work for, but the the fitness industry in general. Yeah, in general, yeah. This is exactly yeah. what we are kind of Yeah. That for me that's uh I just became quite disillusioned by it. And you know, I was at I have to say I was when I first started my job there, uh social media was just starting mm. so we didn't really sort of get into it much in mm. the early days it was more just the business was doing its thing and we were selling dvds and you know we were making group fitness products for people and all that kind of thing and then social media came along facebook in particular and um that just changed everything because all of a sudden first of all there was the issues with um trying to keep what you were doing uh secret until you wanted to release it so there used to be i don't know if you recall that mikey but there were lots of you know people would come into the 
the studio and they would be filming practice classes and people would be freaking out about it. And that <laughs> went from that to all of a sudden, yeah, sure, come and stick it on your social media, do whatever. You know, we're not, we don't everywhere. care anymore because any publicity is good publicity. And uh, I think it was really interesting just what happened there because it went from us doing something that was really just for instructors and only instructors saw it to it becoming something that the rest of the world could see. And it just changed the way people looked at it and how they approached it. I mean, when I first started, for instance, you know, I I looked the way I looked. I wasn't super buff or any of those things. But the great thing was that they employed me because they liked what I could do. Mm, but yeah. as social media came on and, you know, imagery was became massive what you look like became more important all that stuff that just changed you know everybody's sort of approach to fitness and i just didn't like that it was fine for a while it's the whole fitness industry now i just couldn't justify it to myself anymore you could feel yeah. that change kind of happening couldn't you i was sort of in the middle of it as we were coming through and it, and it was the oh. moment where it was all kind of snowballing and yeah. growing into this kind of beast. And I don't know if you see much of it anymore, but from the outside, where do you think it's gone since then? Like from our, from our perspective, it looks like it's gotten worse. Mm. And is it the yeah. same over there? I think that people keep trying to say or to prove that they – don't look at it in the, in that way that it's more important than what you look like and like but but it's lip service in my book because it's like the, the the horse is bolted how do you take that back how do you take it back that it's more those things are more important because there is a multi well, a billion dollar industry on that that is running on on just that that you're no good unless you look like this that you you know we can fix you or you know there's something wrong with you that that to to take that back and fix that i don't even know how how that would happen i don't know i think that's what we're, we're tackling with there are days when yes, you I'm are like... and i love that and i guess it'll always be you know people like you starting to do that and tr and keeping trying to do it Mm. But it is massive. It's massive. It's huge because the unfortunate thing is, as much as we try and share our message, we're almost in a bubble where we're trying to share that. And then you go outside of that bubble and look at what else is going on in the fitness industry. And the majority of people are still buying into all the stuff we're talking about. Also like detox teas, quick fixes. Everyone wants the super fast way to get as skinny or look, change the way they look completely. But it's... That's what still sells, and probably will continue to sell. I know, but we have well, like we have to we have to try, right? And, yeah. And I don't know if Sam knows, but do you remember? And this was so progressive back then. How I don't know how many years ago it was, but we sort of had a chat around changing the way we talk. Totally. Teaching our class, so we were we were trying to do that way back then, and that was I think probably the thing I'm most proud of that we actually gave it a go we were trying to cut out all this bullshit about you know burning calories and stuff and and just trying yes. to change the conversation do you ever yeah. think back on that and realize how actually bloody progressive that was 
Absolutely. I well, that was one of my proudest things that we we did in Body Vibe was to to talk about um, whatever you were doing was good. Mm. It wasn't less than someone else or more than someone else. Or it was just whatever you were doing was good, and we could help you to understand that certain ways to do things. This is the positive benefits that you will get from it rather than going if you do it like this you know if you want more or you need more intensity or you want to get you know all those kind of when you're absolutely down the back of the the room (laughs) like exploding (laughs) um you don't want to hear that shit you don't want to feel like you are the biggest loser you know i mean what about those programs like just the name of that program Mm. was you know, although I think, you know, they came from a good place. It's just talking about, you know. I don't think it, they did. I don't know. <laughs> I just, uh, for me, it was one of my, yeah, one of my most proud moments was when we decided to do that. And and it was really our thing. And it's not that we didn't go against the company or anything like that, but it was something that we were really, uh, you know, we really decided that that was how we wanted to approach coaching people. Because the program itself was kind of in this basket, had kind of been put in the loser basket anyway. Do you know what I mean? We were the underdog. The way that it was, the way that it was thought about, sort of within the company, was that it was just for people who couldn't do other things. <laughs> and which is not true. It, There's also know. not enough of those sort of programs available. I did a whole lot of sort of research going into different gyms and doing different classes that are offered by, I don't know if you guys, you guys have your 45 and like berries and stuff. There is no option <laughs> besides yeah. intensity in any of these classes. Which That's is, right. It's so upsetting. Honestly, Mikey hugely rubbed off on me when I was learning to teach large groups of people in terms of providing people options and still including everybody without making anyone feel bad in any way. In these classes, there is nothing. People just move like shit. Basically. And then, and then you know, the, the equivalent of ACC here in New Zealand um, is shelling out millions and millions of dollars. It's one of the, you know, when when um, high-intensity training <laughs> got into gyms, oh, my God. <laughs> like that, just oh, the amount of injuries, that and CrossFit, like it was just ridiculous yeah. what they were expecting people to do. I think, I think what was really you know, a bit of an eye-opener for me was always that we found out through research that most instructors taught two and a half classes a week. Mm. Most of them worked in an office or did another job. And so the expectation that they could perform at their level of what what they used to call an athlete, (laughs) I mean, I just felt sorry for them. I felt sorry for them that they would be expected to, to be able to do this stuff when most of the time they're not they're not working out, you know, and I, for me, it, that just defeated the purpose of the whole thing. So most of the time they're just preaching to the converters, the people that are, you know, completely obsessed with it. But it made it really hard. I think it made it really hard for a lot of people as instructors to actually be able to keep up. And there was such a, a judging around whether people were good enough to instruct. But it's like, but you've made it so hard for them <laughs> to do. You've made it so, it's so hard. I, I, that sort of stuff used to upset me. Out. And was that, were you always aware of that? Because I'm interested to know, like that for me was always your approach for the entire time that I've known you, that kind of very 
you weren't just thinking about the class, you were thinking about all of these other factors outside of it and mm. all of these different things. There was like a million different things going on in your head when the industry was going in the opposite direction. So how did you, where did that come from? And how did you manage to keep plugging away when you were swimming against the current, really? I was a bit. But I, well, okay, so I guess it was when I started to teach uh, adults ballet. So I was, I started teaching a degree course at Unitech. A lot of the people that went there had never done ballet in their lives. And I didn't, my first class that I ever did there when I first started, I planned the whole thing, you know, planned (laughs) an hour and, and, and a half's worth of exercises and so I go walk in there and say, hi, my name's Susan. You know, it's great to be here, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> and let's go to the bar and face the bar and stand first position. And somebody said to me, what's first position? And I was like, sorry? What's first position? It's a ballet class. First position is the first position. They <laughs> had no idea. They had no idea what I was talking about. And I, on that moment, in that moment, I couldn't teach anything that I was going to teach, obviously. And I had to, I just had to start thinking on my feet about how to get across to people how to do a extremely complicated discipline and technique and make them fall in love with it. Because, yeah. you know, otherwise we were going to have a horrible time <laughs> for an hour and a half. You know, <laughs> I can't do <laughs> So it was sort of, yeah, and so it was that moment, and then I realised that actually what I wanted to teach them was how to um, get some control over their body to get an understanding of what their body could do um, using, you know, a technique that, you know, I've been doing since I was six years old. So, See, that's so yeah. smart. Yeah. If you think about it, that type of that type of focus on what your body can do as opposed to what it should look like, which is kind of the prevailing thought. I love that. It wasn't something that I was taught. So mm. when I was little and I learnt ballet, I went to, you know, traditional ballet classes and I fell in love with it, obviously, and I had a, 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 a talent for it, so I was lucky in that respect. Um, but, you know, we were also told... I, I actually was talking about this to someone else when I was a teenager and you know you're you're when you're a teenage woman you're going through all sorts of body changes because it's all hormonal and all that sort of stuff so your body sort of goes in all sorts of weird ways (laughs) (laughs) and this was in the well this was in the 70s and I my my role models were all women so I saw photographs of women who had been through all of that but I never saw pictures of them like that I only saw pictures of them when they were had been through puberty and they you know they'd gone through all of those things and then they were on the other side. So I never saw them sort of get slightly plump which is what happens you know all these things that happen to you physically I didn't understand it so I probably and we were just shown these pictures and expected to look like that. Mm. It's expected to be thin. And, and so you go you know you go into weird dieting I mean I you know we all did it it was dumb. <laughs> because we didn't know. Yeah. Nobody told us. And it wasn't until I was sort of in my 20s and I realised that my body actually was fine and I could eat what I wanted to and I'd grown out of that childishness into a woman's body and it was good. 
but you know nobody told me that and so for a lot of people I feel like a lot of you know women in particular they went through that thing of trying to diet and they never got out of it yeah. Oh, yeah. and they've been like that their whole lives and the gym industry is doing that to people they too. just hammer at home they, they do. it's a conversation yeah. I have a lot is that the fitness industry doesn't realize how responsible they are for how people really feel about themselves and food and the potential to actually fuck up someone's oh. relationship with food and their body is so high mm. and no totally. and the shit that some people i hear some people say when i'm in the gym as trainers and coaches mm. i'm just like do you even even stuff you say in passing has a huge impact on this person that you're dealing with in front of you right now it's crazy and people yeah. don't realize it and did exactly. you see this amongst instructors as well while you were involved and and how do you think that oh, kind of impacts absolutely. Absolutely. The fact that women are shown with is, you know, really, really little body fat, which means that potentially you can't get pregnant. <laughs> yeah. That's really basic. <laughs> that's, that's a basic not, human thing. Yeah. You know, a thing that a body, you know, should be able to do. And yet, if you're looking at images of this, of women with, you know, 10% body fat, that's just not going to happen for you. So it's like we're, we're, we're pushing home that it's better that you look like this than you actually are able to fulfill, you know, perhaps your dream of having a child. Like I, I just, that disturbs me. And I, that was quite prevalent at the time when I was there and it happened to a few people, those discussions. And I just, I was just like, what? The, what? <laughs> like, yeah. you're insane. You would rather somebody looked a certain way than promote women's health. And what's what's healthy for women? Like I just didn't, I just didn't get that. Because they're still confusing what is healthy, right? They're still Correct. trying to manipulate that idea Correct. of what is actually healthy. Yeah, and, and we also health. know that anybody who's overtraining and dieting is not healthy. I mean, that's just that's just the reality mm-hmm. of. We know that the doctors know that everybody knows that, but they, mm. you know. The fitness industry pretends that that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, you know they pretend they show photographs of these people, this and they, we actually they think they, they they say how healthy they are and how amazingly fit and they are and all those things, but actually they're not actually healthy. Often they're quite unwell. So, what would your advice be to what advice would you give to instructors who are part of that world to push back against it or something like that? Yeah, it's a, I mean, because when you're stuck in that world. It's hard to, you feel like you're torn, right? You feel like you're torn between your own health and then actually getting somewhere. I would would say just keep reminding yourself every day what your body is actually able to do and the things that you're able to do, not what it looks like. And if you can physically do the things that you need to do in order to teach that program and you you can talk about how to do things to the people that are in the class with you, then to me it's winning. You're winning. It's not about, you know. I mean, if I look at my, you know, when I was in at the program director for CX Works, I was what was I? I was 19 years older than the other program director. That's quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I could do everything. You still moved that, like a freaking machine. Yeah, I could do it all and. You know, I didn't have to prove, I mean, probably in the beginning I had to prove that I could do it all, but, you know, I didn't have to prove that I could lift 100 kilos, but I could, I 
could certainly, you know, show anybody how to do the movement that that we were doing, and I could do it really well, and I could talk about it. So that's, but I didn't look like, you know, I don't even know who I had to look like. <laughs> God. Uh, but, you know, I didn't look like that. You know, like I wasn't super muscly and I wasn't, well, I wasn't young. But you neither know. of those things are a representation of you being a good coach and a good yeah. mover of people in any way. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Which so is, what I would say is really it's more about what you can offer people and uh, what you, um, you, you are capable of physically doing mm. more than what you look like is really important. And as I say, when I first started working at Les Mills, I didn't look like, oh, I said Les Mills. No, you can say it. It's fine. <laughs> you can say it. <laughs> no, I did not look, and I'm sure a lot of people liked it, you know, when the instructors probably when they first saw me were like, oh, my God, you know, like because I was, you know, I was older and I wasn't super buff and I wasn't all those sorts of things. And I think I taught like a possum in the headlights and originally. Because <laughs> 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 I didn't like, you know. Dancers don't speak. So I was on this massive learning curve at the very beginning of that fitness career, but I didn't give up. When I was first learning, that was a really cool time for me because you you see all these people moving in a room and you're told the things that are going to get people to move a certain way. But then a lot of those times, and I guess this can be an issue with a lot of people who are young because you get fed all this technical stuff that you're supposed to say to get people mm-hmm. moving a certain way. It just doesn't work. No. So you have to come up with your own cues. Like for, yes. d- for individuals even, like for I'll have a, one person who will hear a cue or an, and another person which a cue, she's, she'll be like, I don't fucking understand what you're saying. The other person's like, oh, I get <laughs> exactly. it. Well, I think Susan I think taught us to teach the room. The on, on um, instructors and that's why it's really important that you don't just parrot a DVD or is that you have to find ways to get people to understand the same thing. Because you're teaching the same thing every time, but not everybody will hear the same thing that you're saying. So you've got to find new ways of of teaching mm. and speaking about it you so that move, everybody yeah. will get some sort of understanding. And that, I think, is comes with experience, obviously. And being able to articulate what it feels like, you know, um, all those things, to be quite human about it rather than robotic about it, I suppose. Good tips. I was just going to say as well that um, it's just interesting, interesting what we think people will find motivating. But I remember when my mother saw you on a on a masterclass, and she was highly motivated because here's this woman around her age moving in the way that you did, instead of you know some twelve year old. <laughs> <laughs> telling her to get skinny, you know, that's, I think we need to open up our eyes in the industry and, and realize that different people are going to find different things motivating. And there's, there's, there should be yes. room at the table for more people and more bodies. I agree. And then, you know, that going back to that, teaching those adults how to do something, uh, not just expecting that they will know or, um, you know, throwing people in the deep end with, all the really challenging and stuff and saying, you know, sink or swim <laughs> if mm. you don't like it. It's like I think that skill is something that is, you know, a lot of people aren't really interested in learning how to do um, because their, their motivation for being an instructor is more about them than it is about the people in the room. So Ooh, good <laughs> bit of self-reflection there for anyone listening. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
know. Well, what are your reasons for being yeah. there? Yeah. 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 That's that's good though. That's the gold there. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so would you ever do you ever think about getting back into it in some on oh your God. own terms? So Maureen Baker, bless her, I love her. Yeah. She, I had coffee with her a while back, and she goes, oh, my God, you know, oh, my God, there's this person in Christchurch, and they're doing this thing online, and, and you know, they just get someone to do a subscription for a month, and they only pay $10 a month, and she's got, she's got, what did she say? She's got 5,000 people who have all subscribed. She said, that's, she's making a fortune. And I was like, oh, yep. you know i would subscribe if you did something and i was like well i don't know it's like i mean the woman i I had a look at her website and um Mm. she's she's a a a young woman who's had a baby and so her motivation is getting women you know sort of working out again um after having children and all that kind of stuff and then you know 20 minutes is all it takes and blah, blah 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 and all that and i sort of get it but I don't know. My my motivator when I was doing it was always, well, first of all, teaching people, but then the music. So yeah. if I can't use music, and that's how you, you can't, you know, you will know, Sam, but <laughs> music is a big motivator. But yeah. if you can't use it, then, it, you know, for me, I'm just like, well, that's just me doing, you know, some burpees in my yard, and I don't, <laughs> it doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like music to get you just moving in a way, and everybody can move to music. It doesn't matter, you know, mm. who you are. It will motivate you. But if you don't have it, then it's just exercise for exercise sake. And I, I don't know. Yeah, that's I tricky. Yeah. I was actually. I'll take that as a maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I feel. I feel like there is there is parts of me that would still like to share things, but I just don't. I don't see what that looks like. I don't. I don't know what that looks like. Figuring it out. Yeah. You've got so much that you could share with people, Mikey, but it's just really hard to go, well, what does that mean? And What does it look like and how do I? What does yeah. it look like? And is it just, Is it just? I mean, you know, really, there's a big part of me that wants to leap through the screen and give you a big hug. <laughs> so <laughs> too. I feel like I understand that we're in this situation now in the world, but I don't know if it's me to just be talking to people on a screen. I don't know if it's me. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. body hard, isn't it? I like I like warm bodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to be around people. We've only really done, because we obviously started this through COVID, we've only ever done things through Skype. We're, all I want to do is to actually get someone in here because I feel like the dynamic would be completely different. Oh, um, God, yeah. Well, Susan and us on a wine. Oh, my God. It would be <laughs> incredible. So that for me to actually just set up something that is online, I just don't know. It's it is hard. I'm still I mean, I what you're doing. And I love it. I love that you're doing it. And I love that you're trying. I think it's brilliant. We're plugging but, away. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it's brilliant. I'm Thank still st- streaming like three or four times a week and it is a bit of a challenge. Just in terms, because I can't see the people who you can't see the people who you're teaching unless you're on uh, Zoom, and then it's it's still weird because you see like the six, five to six people. So I just do I do pre-recorded ones now and just mm. give a shitload of options and go can't do this, try this. This is going to yeah. be just as good. So that's what I'm doing. 
because I still have people who aren't back in the office yet. I just feel still a little bit out in the wilderness. You know, you, you leave that world and you're kind of trying to figure out who you are and, and <laughs> where you are. And, and then if your ideas don't align with, you know, where everyone else is going, it's like, oh, fuck, where mm. am I? Mm. So it takes so a while. There's so much on offer now. Yeah. Isn't mm-hmm. there? I mean, people have so much to choose from. In good and, ways and um, bad ways, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually, I mean, it, it, you know, you won't know more than me, but how are instructors managing? I, you know, here in New Zealand, people can still teach in the gym, of course. So, you know, there's, I mean, do you, are you point. guys yeah. still teaching in gyms in Australia? Yeah, I'm still. I have not taught in over four years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But in general, people can still teach in clubs now. Yeah. 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 That's all back to normal. Yeah, yeah I don't do any Lismal stuff anymore. It's all no. uh, sort of my own programming and that kind of thing. But what a huge amount of online stuff uh, to the point where it's probably saturated. Yeah. A lot of YouTubers, yeah. a lot of yeah. YouTube people doing like follow-along workouts. Some good, some yeah. bad. There was that guy uh, in the UK who was doing one for kids. I can't remember his name. If I, I'll put it in the show notes. He was his, That was really cool, actually. Because I used to have a client who I'd have to go out and train, um, do a home visit, because obviously the gym weren't open, and I'd train him and his wife, and then the kid they just put on this English guy who was like live stream in the UK, and he'd like make the kids work out. It's amazing. With those gestures, I have to. Yeah, this. In an outfit. <laughs> yeah. I've asked you what your what you miss. What was what was your favorite? What was your career highlight? Chillers career highlight in group fitness. Well, that the thing that you and I did together about how we were going to teach people was a real highlight for me. It was along the lines of what I used to do beforehand and what I loved about you and the way you did it was that you sort of, because of your group fitness background and because you're not a look at me sort of guy, you really want to, you motivate people and what you you want to teach them as well. And so I feel like what we did together was pretty awesome. And even so, though... You know, other people might like to think that they, you know, <laughs> did it too. I, I feel like it was something that was very unique to us, and um, it was a it was a big deal. It was great. How did that idea? Did someone just I, come in and go? I'm over. <laughs> I'm over the way. I don't even know. It was the vibe I was getting from Susan. It was the stuff that I was just learning and what I was seeing on the floor, and we kind of just came together and were like this. This yeah. is like we just didn't than... want to tell people that they weren't good at something. We didn't yeah. want to do a class where we were going to say to the people in the room, oh, you you're obviously can't do that, so do this, loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go over there and do that. Really, you know, <laughs> we do oh, 6,000 burpee backflips. I'm going to be over here doing 750 burpees and looking <laughs> 17. <laughs> you go in that corner and, yeah. March on the spot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, March on the spot. Love a March on the spot. Um, So we just really, and we wanted to show people that you could progress in something. So the structure of the class and the way the tracks were structured was always that we started with the easier, less complicated, less intensity stuff and talked about how you could make that work for you. Mm. And, you know, so, so it was never, it was never about starting high, going into, oh, but if you can't do it, you know yeah. do this but we'll be over here doing this uh it was never we just didn't want to we didn't want to teach like that we wanted to show people that how hard they could work where they were working actually 
you know, if I walked into something now, because I just walk my dog, if I walked into a class now and I know all about how my body works, I know those things and I know my limitations, I would not want to have somebody standing in front of me doing something that was completely out of my league because yeah. I'm just not as fit as I was before. I would want somebody there going, you wild crazy things if you feel like doing that, but I'm actually here for that person down the back. I'm here for that person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show them how to do it because you guys, you know. And leaving, you know. leaving people feeling successful and trying to think about. Because I would really like that person down there to want to come back. And yeah. I think if the, it was fucking smart. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to toot our own horns. <laughs> Multiple the, other, the other clear highlight was 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 CX work. So I was very proud of that because I that yeah. was one that I started, you know, and starting something from scratch. Well, actually, it came out of Body Vibe. So, it, so uh, there you go. Something you... that I was already doing that we just expanded on. So that was pretty. That was pretty neat. That was you. That's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. That's a great class. Well, yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just got just about got a mouthful of cocksock too. <laughs> I'm still not quite unsure why anybody would want to make it a 45 minute because in my in my world, oh for Christ's sake, I didn't know if that. If you're doing it right for yourself, if you're working as hard as you can, you should be spent after 30. That's my that's my mind. Well, you should be. Mm. But that's another thing that I just don't you know, understand about the fitness industry is, and, you know, I would see people in class and they would be doing, you know, a pump class, then they do a CX Works class and then they do a body attack class. I'm like, whoa, you've just spent two and a half hours here. and Of your life. At, well, just that you, if you'd just done the first class hard out. You'd be right. You could move on, you know. But why, I, you know, in your mind you've got this thing that somehow you've been more told that more makes you fitter or, you know. I think that whole environment was like that too. It was mm. like this competitive sort of environment for members yeah. as well. It was like, look at how much I've done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to change that. Yeah. That just, that just sort of blew my mind a bit. I was like, wow. You know, we, you know, if, if my career as a dancer is anything to go by, like we would do a, a class in the morning and that would take an hour and a half and you would work really hard in that class physically and then – the rest of the day, yes, we're moving, but we're rehearsing. So it's it's intermittent movement with, you know, discussions or, you know, stuff like that. It wasn't like just... And a big focus on how you're moving, right? That's right. So day. you were doing your yeah. first class, working hard, trying to perfect things. And then after that, it was sort of, you know, wasn't hardcore moving or, you know, whatever... It just seemed odd to me that that's where people's heads were at, that mm. they, if they did more of something, it would make them better at it because it never did. No, not three so, hours a day. No, not, <laughs> not back to back when you're tired you're for doing. the last no. thing. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, no. maybe finally, oh God, I'm getting fucking existential on this shit. What, are your, what do you hope for the industry or for well, us that are still in it or trying to be in it? I would like to think that people find something they enjoy doing and, they get satisfaction from it. You know, that's why I like walking my dog. I enjoy walking my dog. And sometimes I put headphones on and I, you know, I might stop and do a few <laughs> things, you know. But just find something you love to do and enjoy doing it. And usually what happens with that is that you get outcomes if that's what you're looking for. Mm. That was always a big word, wasn't it, what the outcome was of your 
how much you know uh you know you look at your fitbit and you go ooh, ooh. uh you know but you'll get, <laughs> you'll get an outcome that um is pleasing it is not and it is not what society says that you should have or you should be or you should do but it's actually something that personally makes you feel good i feel you know that that's important i mean i'm i'm the same about the um the beauty industry i feel like the fitness and the beauty industries are hideously intertwined and i you know it used to be mostly women that struggled with that stuff but now it's men too and i just just that whole you're not good enough yeah it's ugly it's really ugly and i wish that to go away so do we. It's such a good it's message. A little... It's it's why I miss you. I would miss having you in, in that world. I miss it. I do miss it for those reasons. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to be in it, though, because I'm not very good at keeping my mouth shut now. Oh, fuck, same. <laughs> Could you imagine? Jesus, imagine me and you right now. you on the show a bit more often. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope one some somehow the universe brings you brings you back to fitness. Somehow. Me and you. And Sam, tag team in it. Yeah. You never know. Oh, Stranger shit's happened. It is. Look at the world now. Exactly. Jeez. Hey, Suze, thank you so much. That was great. Great, great <laughs> insight and really good conversation. And from someone. Insights. Yeah. So many insights from someone who's um, been doing it for so long. <laughs> <laughs> so long. I just fucked that up. Sorry. <laughs> no, let's, let's, let's keep it. We'll keep it. <laughs> let's keep right, that no, shit. No, there was just a fly right going on my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thanks so much for coming on, Susan. We'll definitely um, get you back. It'll be great. I'd love to come back. Yeah. I'd love to be there in person, as I say. Yeah. If I had a to... animal, it would be a dolphin because dolphins rub up against other people. <laughs> 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 And that's one of the joys of being in the movement industry is that you can do things like that, which I love. It's also Sam's so favourite animal. It's my favourite animal. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Well Basically and thank you so much to Susan for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to find me, you can find me at Well Basically Sam. If you want to find Mikey, you can find him at Well Basically Mikey. The Instagram for the podcast is Well Basically Podcast. We also have a website with heaps of cool, great, awesome, fantastic information. That is www.wellbasicallypod.com. And, uh, Well Basically, that's it. <laughs>